First and foremost, we're doing a podcast about the U.S. men's national team, not Chelsea. Welcome back to American Polygons, pod for U.S. soccer fans by a couple of U.S. soccer fans. We're back as the U.S. men's national team gets set to embark on round three of octagonal World Cup qualifying fixtures. I'm Nate. He's Joe. And Joe, I got to ask you, what's happened to our guy, John Brooks? Yeah, we went into our first, very, very first episode talking about him being the the key piece, the cornerstone, the, the main guy. And I don't know. I, I know this. I've seen him play for many years now and save us multiple times through positioning, through his strength, through his uh, awareness. Maybe he's in a, like Pepe's hot right now. Maybe, um, maybe uh, John Brooks is just not playing well. I don't know. I don't know. The thing that I find interesting is for a squad that has so much inexperience this time around, having a guy with so much experience get kind of cast aside for such a crucial set of fixtures, it's almost the reverse of what happened four years ago when five years, five years ago now, when you had so many mainstays from the glory years of not really glory years, but the like successful qualifying years of 2010 and 2014. And those guys got held on to well past their prime for the 2018. It was like, where's, where's the youth? Where's the next group? Where's the, where's the next guys to step up? Right. And they relied on guys that they were well past their prime. And I'm not saying John Brooks Brooks has passed his prime. No, not even close. But it, but it's almost like an overcourse correction. Yeah, I think you know he didn't. Both of the games that people complained about John Brooks, he didn't have Tyler Adams sitting in front of him. We've been a different team with Tyler Adams sitting in front of that back line. I like I like John Brooks against Mexico. I think uh, he's in their head. I think they know it. They don't want to go into that box and mess with him. Uh, he's a he's a presence in there on the on the defensive end for sure and on the offensive end. I mean for for free kicks. I wish um, I wish there was an explanation, but I don't know if we're going to get an explanation. So hopefully the guys that are there step up and take care of business. All right. So uh, another exclusion from the roster, uh, this time due to injury, Serginio Dest picked up a back injury. How do you think his absence impacts the U.S. coming into this set of fixtures? Serginio Dest is, um, if I can take a, a analogy from another sport, he's a home run hitter. Um, meaning he's, uh, he can score a run or, or score a goal quickly. Um, he can get us on the board quickly. He can make his own play. He's a, he's a big player. I think he's going to be missed for sure. He's the type of player that can take over a game at times, but I think we're deep enough that we're going to be okay. It, it's, it hurts that he's not going to be there for sure. But I think we're going to be okay with what what we have behind him. I think what he showed against Costa Rica is where we definitely miss him the most because it's his dynamic ability to get forward. And if we can even at times force the Mexican 
forwards to have to defend, that's a win for us. And I think that he gives us that ability where whether it's Scully or Reggie Cannon are not going to provide that. They're going to they're going to have to sit at home. But his ability to get forward, uh, it'll be interesting to see if Anthony Robinson then gets forward on the opposite side and tries to create sort of the same uh, mismatches or the same tactical problems for Mexico to solve on the left that Dest would create on the right, because I think he has that capability. But we'll have to wait and see if Greg Berhalter is ready to use him in that kind of capacity. Yeah, I think, you know, Dest is somebody that Mexico and Jamaica have to worry about. He can make a play at any moment, at any time, and that's something you have to game plan for. And when guys like that aren't going to be in the game, it makes it easier for Mexico. In good news for the U.S., We've got Christian Pulisic back from the ankle injury that he suffered against Honduras late in that match in September. Uh, He saw his first action for Chelsea when he subbed on against uh, in their Champions League matchup against Malmo. Uh, Played about 15 minutes and then he got five last weekend against Burnley. Interesting, and I'll read these for you. I want to hear your thoughts on this. So Thomas Tuchel... It's quoted as saying, I hope they don't overuse him. I hope they're responsible enough. Christian still feels a bit of pain. He absolutely wants to come back, but it's a matter of pain management, not re-injury or being still injured. It's just that it's still painful, but he tried so hard and wanted so desperately to come back. We needed him to come back, but yes, we're a bit worried. Hopefully the U.S. team and he himself are responsible and he doesn't get carried away with emotion by helping his country to win a super important match. Hopefully it all goes well and the minutes will elevate him and he comes back stronger. What do you think? Should club managers be messing in the roster decisions of international teams? Is Tuchel right when he says that it would be uh, Pulisic get carried away by emotion if he were to play big minutes in these upcoming matches? First and foremost... We're doing a podcast about the U.S. men's national team, not Chelsea. I'm a Chelsea fan, but U.S. international team, most important, not even close. Biggest game we've had so far, home against Mexico, the man's playing. Do they want to see him get a couple minutes for Chelsea beforehand? Sure. How severe the ankle injury is or still is? I mean, it's it's scary. Every time Pulisic gets on the field, I'm worried he's going to get hurt at this point, but he needs to be on the field against Mexico, and Tuchel making some comments like that, I think, is a little above his pay grade. If you say, if you ask me, um, good coach, great coach, but international soccer comes first. Um, there's only a World Cup every four years. There's a English Premier League every year. There's a UEFA Champions League every year. There's a World Cup every four years. I think that is pretty self-explanatory on what is uh, most important. So. I certainly see where he's coming from. And I think that the relationship between international clubs and, and the domestic clubs has always been tenuous at best because you've got guys that are basically earning their livings playing for one and then go play for very little money and a lot of risk for the other, uh, especially given that the emotion is so high when you're playing for your country, the tournaments come around less frequently. And I fully agree with you that, Tuchel's out of line here. Pulisic, if he's healthy, if he's been cleared, should absolutely be able to play and be used 
by uh, Greg Berhalter in the U.S. as they see fit, keeping in mind that it's in their best interest to protect the player as well. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help us if he comes out and goes a full 90 against Mexico if he's not ready and bangs up his ankle some more and is out for three or four months, has to have surgery, something like that, right? So there has to be a degree of there has to be a degree of trust is what i think i don't know why they would play him for the combined 20 minutes if there was something still wrong with his ankle if there's something wrong with his ankle why is he on the field that's a pretty uh, important body part in the game of soccer so i think he's probably tuchel is tuchel is let me just jump in i think the fact that he's come back from such a time away and his earned minutes is significant in showing his progress. It's one thing if you have a knock and you don't train for a week before a big game, it's another thing to have time away from the field and then start to be making those steps back. Do I think he's 90 minutes match fit? Probably not. But to say that uh, he's still injured or he shouldn't play, they wouldn't have been, like you're saying, they wouldn't be bringing him back. Okay, so a couple couple things here. I saw the Burnley game. I missed the Malmo game, but I saw the Burnley game. He got in for those few minutes. He took a tackle and he got up and he kind of grimaced. And it you know it makes you think. It makes you wonder. Is it just a little just a little nick or is it you know something else? So thinking about it, maybe there's something still there. But putting him on the roster still makes Mexico game plan for him. So they don't know if we're going to start him. We don't know. They don't know if we're going to super sub him. They don't know if he's going to play a half. They don't know what he's going to do. He may not play at all. This may be just a uh, a deke. It might be a what's the word I want, Zoe? Decoy. Decoy. Thank you. Trojan horse. Yeah, we don't know if it's going to be a deke. It could be a decoy. It could be a Trojan horse. It could be a number of those things. Do we need him to play? Yes, we need him to play. But putting him on the roster still puts a little bit of fear and doubt into uh, Mexico. Because uh, Christian knows how to put it where the spiders live. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think it'll be, I would be shocked if he starts. But I think I would also be equally shocked to not see him get significant minutes. 30 to 45. uh, I think bringing him on at half, depending on the game situation. But certainly I'd like to see him get 30 minutes or so and then I would also be surprised if they didn't just send him back after the Mexico match. I don't think uh, keeping that's true. Sending him to Jamaica doesn't suit the purposes, especially given the attacking numbers and the attacking quality that we've got going forward. I could see him doing that, but I hope they would not do that. He needs to be with the team. You're right. I could see them bringing him home from Mexico and then saying, all right, you got your 30, 40 minutes, but he's, Captain America at this point. He needs to be on the bench at least. He needs to be supporting his team. Whether he plays or not, he at least needs to go to Jamaica. And once again, for the same reason that he's on their roster, if he's not 100% healthy right now, is to Jamaica has to game plan for super sub in the last right. 30 minutes, 20 minutes. So let's take a look at the standings. So we've, after six games, uh, Mexico sits atop the octagonal on 14 points. The USA with 11, Canada with 10, Panama with 8, Costa Rica with 6, Jamaica and El Salvador on 5, and then Honduras sits in last place on 3 points. Before we get into these previews, what do you think we need in terms of points from this set of qualifiers? What's your threshold for points from these two matches? I think um, 
I think we need three. Obviously, three. If we take four, it means we probably tied Mexico at home. Not the worst thing in the world. Not what we're all going to want, but not the worst thing in the world as long as we go down and beat Jamaica. Um, so I would say uh, three or four. Um, if we're anything less than three, if we took two, that means we tied twice, which is going to do us no good going down to Jamaica and tying. And if we take, obviously, one or zero, that's that's red button alert in your world. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, three would suffice. Four, I'd be okay with four. So you may be surprised by this answer. I think we'll take what we get. I think that this is in terms of where we are in qualifying and where teams have shown uh, probably our most difficult round. There's only two matches, which means we don't get the advantage of a third match where our roster depth really matters. You've got Jamaica that's kind of on the rise uh, they play in Jamaica. In Jamaica, three days and, after Mexico. And they play El Salvador, so they could being... be on eight with the chance to go to 11, get themselves back into a good qualifying spot coming off of Mexico. Absolutely. We could, I, I actually wouldn't hit the panic button if we got zero points. Now, would I be upset? Would I say that was a terrible cycle? Yes. But in terms of what we need, I think what we get is going to be great. I think what we get is going to be, I can't think of the, there, that's great is not the word I'm looking for. I think what, whatever we get this round is going to be just fine and it's not going to be make or break. Okay. I mean, I I hear what you're saying. Um, it's I, I agree. I mean, it's Mexico at home, which is going to have everybody fired up um, depending on how that game goes. And then we have to travel to Jamaica, who is climbing the climbing the board a little bit here. Three days later, we have not done well in away CONCACAF games. Um, whew, yeah, it's a, it's a tough little two-game part of the octagonal here. Um, you know, I think we ha- if we lose to Mexico, we have to go down to Jamaica and win. Zero points is going to be bad. Zero points puts us possibly outside of the top four. And if you do that now, if you do that now, the doubt comes into mind. I mean, I'd like to see us just three or four points. Just stay comfortable in the group, I guess. I for sure want us to take away more points. And I, you know, when we get to predictions, I will predict that we'll get more points than that. However, as much as I was focusing on the red button, our first two preview episodes, I'm not there right now. I'm not there right now. I think I think if you're in a good place right now, I you just want a state championship. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. That's why you're okay I'm feeling, right now. I'm feeling you're in a good pretty place good. in life. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling cocky. Let's see what happens in the Mexico game. In terms of uh, the great Joe Warren and his comments on this season, I'm cautiously optimistic. So let's let's okay. be cautiously optimistic. So we've got this. Mostly returning roster. So there's 20 returners from round two. There's four, shall we call them newbies. Uh, we've got Reggie Cannon coming back to the national team, uh, currently with Boa Vista. We've got Jesus Ferreira of FC Dallas, and we've got Sam Vines of Antwerp. Uh, Vines saw action in round one of qualifying. Uh, Cannon and Ferreira, their first time in the octagonals. 
And then you've got Joe Scally of Gladbach getting his first call up. I'm curious to see between Scally and Cannon because I've seen with some of the predictions of lineups, kind of both of their names being mentioned. And it's actually intriguing to me because the first place I went when I saw Dest out was that they were going to have, it would, that would mean DeAndre Yedlin starting it right back. And that just sort of made me kind of like feel wormy inside. I think he's going to go with who he trusts. I think Reggie Cannon. I think he, I think he might, but I, I, <clears throat> I think, I think Reggie Cannon is the safer of the two. He's kind of been there before. He's been in some big games. Uh, if you want somebody that's going to look the part of Dest, Scally's been looking good, and he's aggressive. And I, you know, but that's not Borhalter's style. It's not, it's, it's not his style to go for the the leap of faith. Sometimes, sometimes it's his his style to be consistent and look for the guy that's going to be consistent. So yeah, I'm very interested. Yedlin, Cannon, Scally. I think it could be all three of those in the two games, honestly, with some kind of sub package there, but. uh... Scally's got 11 matches so far. He's got a goal and an assist. I think it'll be interesting to see if he gets the nod, what happens. I think it's almost worth taking the risk. You're missing Dest. You're missing that dynamic guy. What can you get out of that? You keep putting this goalkeeper controversy on our right up before we do our podcast, and I'm tired of the controversy. It's Stefan. It's always Stefan. I don't understand why it's not Stefan. I just think, you know, he played the one match after he started for the U.S., but he hasn't played since then. And you've got Matt Turner, who's the goalkeeper for record-setting supporter shield winning new england revs and granted it's two different levels of play but and and you know matt turner doesn't have to compete with an emerson in goal but fine we don't have to talk about it all right match preview number one put that in there put that in there just that little match part. preview number one usa hosting mexico uh this upcoming friday november 12th it's an 8 10 p.m central time kickoff means ESPN is going to give us 10 minutes of pregame. Game's in Cincinnati, so no more Columbus, no more Dos Acero. What do you think the mindset needs to be coming into this match? The mindset needs to be that we're the team of CONCACAF now. We've taken the last two big games from them rapidly, and we are the better program. We're the better... What's the word I want? Program? It's program what I want? Yeah, I agree. I think that the U.S. has to show coming in that they are able to go toe-to-toe in matches where it's not a one-off. Essentially, you've got a home-and-home in the group stage. How many points can we take off Mexico? Can we get four? Can we get three at home and one on the road? And I think that to do that, We've got to come in with a mindset of we're needing to be dangerous. We can't just sit back. The moment that we're just trying to absorb all of Mexico's pressure is the moment that they go to town on us. And that's historically speaking. As long as we can provide a threat, as long as we can put some, sow some seeds of doubt early on, I think we'll be in good shape. I think the real big question is how does Ricardo Pepe handle this big stage. 
what does he do now that he's in the spotlight? He's had uh, some really strong matches in the U.S. jersey. What does he do now that he gets to come up against one of the big dogs? And is there anything in the back of his mind, given that he recently decided to give his allegiance to the United States over Mexico? This is a this is a big match for him. I'm really curious to see how he handles that pressure and how he shows up. And wouldn't it be so sweet to get a peppy brace for Dos Acero up in Cincinnati? Yeah, I hope he stays hot. I think everybody's kind of expecting uh, the young kid to not continue to score goals at the, at the rate he's scoring. It's not likely for him to keep going, but maybe he truly is something special. I, you know, I was a big fan of him because we needed people to score goals and he was scoring goals. Um, can he continue? Teams are going to start the game plan for him a little bit. They understand what he can do. Um, sometimes I feel like Pepe isn't always uh, dynamic enough. I feel like he's a great finisher, uh, poacher, as you would say. I just wish he maybe show a little more dynamics and I, I hope Mexico doesn't, take advantage of the fact that he isn't um, as dynamic as as he as he will be he's still trying to learn the learn the craft up there so yeah I think that right back spot will be a real focal point for us in that match yeah um you know I just want to mention one more thing on the Mexico game um I th- a lot of that is gonna depend quickly on what Mexico does right away and you kind of hit on it but if they show up and they're happy with a point and we press into them, them just sitting back and kind of letting us kind of dictate tempo a little bit. The counterattack is what worries me in that Mexico game. And I feel like if we're going to lose that game, they're going to, they're going to counterattack, but they might come out. I mean, they're ahead of the group. They know one point keeps them ahead of us by three. Um, So I think it's interesting to see what Mexico, how Mexico plays it. Are they going to attack us and press us and high press us? Um, What are they going to do? I think that's an interesting part of that game. And what's their mindset given what happened over the summer, given that they probably want to go out and prove something? Yeah, very much. Very true. Yeah, exactly. Does that that emotion get in the way there? And do we nick something as a result? I mean, if you're Burhalter, is there... is there a red? Is there a red card? You know, I would be shocked if there's not a red card in that match, one way or the other. I think it's going to be. I actually think it's going to be real emotional. I think it's going to be chippy from the start. I think that it's going to be Mexico trying to prove that they're still the honchos, and I think that it's going to be us giving it right back to them because we know that we can play on the same level as they are, and I think that that's a recipe for a really entertaining mm, soccer yeah. match as a part as a partisan. Uh, it might keep my heart palpitating the entire way, uh, but I think it's going to be uh, a, a good Friday night of soccer. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how it turns out. Match preview number two is Jamaica. November 16th in Jamaica. That's a 4 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Be interesting to see if Jamaica will be back at full strength Mikhail Antonio missed the first matchup with the United States. Be interesting to see what kind of squad they put out for that match down in Jamaica and also to see where their confidence is at. Uh, They have picked up some points in this last round of qualifying. 
they're still down towards the bottom, but you know, I think that they a confident Jamaica team in home uh, is definitely something to worry about. If you're a U.S. soccer fan, we've got to be careful coming into that match, uh, and I think be a little bit more strategic than we were when we hosted. When it was, hey, we need to go at these guys. Uh, they're at the bottom of the table. Uh, with that being said, I still think that you know the U.S. should have the firepower to withstand whatever Jamaica could throw at us and go out and get three points. Yeah, at home, Jamaica's going to be – they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough for sure. But you just said at the very end there, we're the better team. We have the better players. We're the deeper team. This is the game I want to see us show up on a road CONCACAF game and just handle our business, whether it's one nothing, 2 nothing, even – I'll take 2-1. to one. Um, But go down, handle our business – let us dictate what we want to do. Don't let the atmosphere in a lesser team try and dictate on us. Go down, take care of business, and come away with three points. All right. Predictions. USA, Mexico, what do you got? I'm going two to one, USA. Goals by Polisic and Pepe. Polisic in the 77th minutes. For the winner? Oh, yeah, for the winner. Yeah, I'm very similar. I think we get a late winner. I think if Pulisic doesn't score it, he plays a big role in creating it. I like Aronson to Pepe, first half, uh, and a, a 2-1 USA win as well. Jamaica on the road. What do you got? This is one nothing, and this is going to be scored by... Um... Somebody on the back line on a free kick or just not, I don't want to say obscure, but somebody that doesn't score a lot of goals. It feels like that's going to be that type of person that's going to score this goal. Somebody in the midfield that isn't a big goal scorer, whoever starts that game, one, nothing USA. It's a, it's tight. It's, it's a, it's a struggle. It's going to be a battle. There's going to be some shithousery for sure. I'm feeling one, nothing. And I'm feeling six points. I talked about three or four, but I'm I'm really feeling six. I think we recognize the opportunity here in these two games with Mexico and Jamaica, and we go get it. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that the U.S. is finally going to score a goal in the first half down in Jamaica, and it's going to be 2 nothing. They'll get one early. They'll get one late. It'll be tenuous at times. I think Jamaica will put us under pressure, but I think that we, even without Brooks, will have enough in the back and enough legs to outlast and get a second, go down there and win that 2 nothing, Which means that we've both predicted six points for the United States, which would put us at 17, well on the road to qualification after round three. So it'll be interesting to see how cautiously optimistic we are after this next round of qualifying. I mean, most importantly, Burhalter needs to stress urgency and the fact that we want to keep our qualification in our hands. And if things go sour in these two games, I know you said that zero points wouldn't be a red button, but that would put qualification out of our hands and we'd be chasing uphill with the, with the pressure of four years ago, still there. I think you know, the urgency needs to be there, these two games to take care of business. I mean, I think I disagree in that the qualification would be out of our hands. We would still have six matches. We still play 
everybody ahead of us at that point. You know, even if Jamaica wins both their matches, they're still on 11 and we're even. I still think we're in good shape, even if we're not in the top three after this, because we've got those games. Now, does that put us in a tough position? Absolutely. Does that put us in a position we don't want to be in? Absolutely. Do I actually think that we won't take points from this weekend? Yeah, we're going to take some points. You're right. You're right. You said that right. Even a point, but I think to say, oh, it's red button time, given where we are right now and what we've seen, I think that we can, just like you want to put the goalkeeper controversy to bed for a little bit, we can put the red button controversy to bed for a little bit. Yes. Does Burhalter need to prove some things? Absolutely. And I think he hopefully does that. I think he hopefully instills exactly what you're talking about with the need to have that mindset of, hey, we've got to go out and grab the bull by the horns and take control of this thing. And if we go out and get six points, you know, start making sure everybody's got their passports in order. That's going to do it for us for this preview episode of around three of Octagonal World Cup qualifying. He's Joe. I'm Nate. We'll be back in about a week and a half with a review episode of these two matches, USA-Mexico, Jamaica-USA. As always, reach out to us via Twitter. Shoot us an email. If you got things you think we should be talking about, let us know. Uh, but again, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. It's Stefan. It's always Stefan. I don't understand why it's not Stefan. <laughs> <laughs>